With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Um, are, we, are we rolling? We're rolling. And We're it's rolling. Episode 28. I love it. So uh, welcome, everybody. We are now at episode 28. This is the one that's going to be for 4th of July. No, sir. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's like three weeks away. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. I think weeks. it's for the 28th of June. Okay. Yeah. Coming up in a couple of days. So welcome back to number 28. And we're glad to have you back for Father Knows Something. As you uh, can recognize, there is no more buckling my seatbelt. I'm in the saddle. And there's a good story to this saddle because it's the first time I've ever actually sat in it. And used it, and I bought the saddle uh, before you were born. Yeah, it's pretty old. Uh, this was a very special saddle from a person that worked for me that your mom loved to ride horses. And I said, I'm going to buy this wonderful, very unique saddle. But however, I think the woman that sold it to me uh, took me because basically, as much as it's cool, it's got like real camel hair and it's a real Arabian saddle, it takes a very, very narrow horse to put it on. Which Arabs are very narrow. So we actually did find a very narrow horse. It's the horse that I'm on. So it feels good to be in the saddle. I'm balanced. I feel great. It's better than the story when Mor Morgan led me by a horse and let the reins go and I ended up headfirst into a tree. You were way, way too big for that pony. You had no business being on that pony. <laughs> I had no business having a three-year-old lead me. <laughs> I was, yeah. I mean, that's, that's on parenting. Well, I'm not a good parent. I didn't say that. <laughs> Here's to that, guys. Anyways, um, we have Justin and we have Morgan tonight. And uh, Morgan and or Justin said that we have some real stories. So let's get to it. Let's do it. Let's go. So the theme that kind of came about with these stories, a lot of them is turmoil and just people being kind of lost with where to go next, confused. Um, turmoil is kind of the first thing that came to my mind. And when Justin was, you know, we were going through stories earlier to get ready for this episode, he found one. And I don't know how I'm going to get through reading this. I'm like tearing up again, just thinking about it. This is a heavy first one. Um, so if you have family or yourself or anyone dealing with cancer, this one could be very triggering for you. Okay, so it's a trigger with uh, family health and cancer. Hey, Jerry, love the show and all the wonderful advice you give everyone. I'll get straight to it with the issue I'm having. I don't know if there will even be a solution. I, 40-year-old female, was diagnosed with stage 4 inflammatory breast cancer with metastasis to parts of my spine and a few ribs in November 2021. I went through 16 weeks of chemotherapy treatments. I'm now on a Brant's daily chemotherapy pill along with hormone blockers because my breast cancer is hormone positive, which makes my hormone tell my cancer to grow and spread faster. My oncologist and team of doctors have given me 24 to 36 months to live. What I desperately need your advice on is how to, or if I'll ever be able to date again before I die. I've been single since October, 2021. I miss dating, being close to someone, having that close friendship that comes along with dating slash being with someone. If I try to meet someone to date, telling them I have stage four cancer and 24 to 36 months to live is understandably going to make them run. I know it's not fair to expect someone to get close to me knowing I'm dying, but I want so much to have someone in my life to date, be close to, have sex with, cuddle, watch movies together, cook together, etc. I could go on and on about everything I miss and want with another person. I just don't know how to tell someone I might meet 
about my situation or if I should even try to date as much as I want to because it's not fair to expect someone to be okay or deal with trying to date someone knowing they have terminal cancer. Any advice from you would be so helpful. And I'm just going to do the ideal outcome and additional info because I just think it's like necessary. Okay. Um, so ideal outcome to date someone, get close to them, have a relationship and all that comes with it before I die. And then anything else. I had two other opinions from oncologists and breast cancer centers after my initial diagnosis to make sure I was getting the best treatment options. And if my diagnosis was the same from other oncologists slash breast cancer centers, also not sure if this matters, but I thought I'd add that I'm a lesbian. Well, I didn't look at the lesbian to be a factor of finding love. No, I just wanted to make sure you had you had all the info. I appreciate that. Um, it's one thing to to recognize the fact that you know your prognosis f- for long term isn't good um, as far as being here mortally, and I'll start with that because. I had a friend that recently passed, um, Morgan's aware of this, n- not not even a few months ago. And he apparently had been sick for quite a while. And he, he really never told anybody that he was going through issues for 12 years. <laughs> and he told me about two months ago that um, he has had cancer and it's, you know, anyways, it, it, it has come back strong and strong and fierce, but it's not going to change his plans. He's going to go live his life and he's going to buy these cruise ship, you know, tickets for a cruise and he's going to live life and go as long as he can go. And he's going to do all the, uh, the, the protocols and try to find whatever other protocols are out there, but he's going to continue with his life. And there is no doubt in my uh, understanding your you're, you're, you're right in that you're going to do the same. You are going to live your life to the fullest. And I say, why not? You go for it, girl. Um, there is someone out there that will love the opportunity to have loved you and be with you and intimate with you and to cook with you and share every factor of life to the day you pass. And you will leave a mark on that person's soul that you got to, that they got to experience and grow from you and your experience. So with that, I say cheers to you. And I raise my cup because it is really a blessing for what you're asking for. And I cannot imagine that if you make that an important thing with you as you meet people, you will find that that person will be supplied to you by the universe. I'm an optimist. I believe in these things that all happen for reasons. And just for the way that you put this out there in the universe, let's see what what comes to you with that. It's a great seed that you planted. I say, bless your soul and bless your heart. And we're here with you. And we'd like to hear more about you. Keep us updated about you. I can't... uh, I'd love to hear what Justin and, and your take is on this. Yeah, I think, you know, my first thought absolutely date like you need to live your life and be happy and you know finding a partner to spend your life with is you know it's very important to a lot of us so just because you have this diagnosis and are dealing with this doesn't mean oh my heart just breaks for you but you should get out there and I think you said it very well. Like the universe will give you exactly. Oh my God, it's so sad. My mom is going through this actually right now where her longtime partner has stage four cancer as well. I should have done my makeup after this fucking episode. Um, And, you know, she's sticking by him and they're not, you know, they're not officially married. They've just been dating for forever like 18 years or something like that and so you know she's stuck by him and it's tough and she's got really really hard days because he has terrible days and your person and who you find will will be there for you um I think one thought I had was maybe find a group of 
people with cancer currently, and maybe you have, you know, people in that group that are in a similar position as you that want to date and want to find love. And I think maybe both of you being in the same situation can understand each other a little more and maybe Mm -hmm. help each other more than just a person that's not dealing with cancer could. So I would really look into groups, support groups, or even like activity groups for people with cancer and try to put yourself out there in that way to kind of connect with others. I can't help believe that if you're going through this uh, and you find that special person that um, recognizes who you are, it doesn't matter if they were sick or not sick. They're going to really, I mean, love you for who you are right now in every aspect. And if you are both going through health issues or one of you are and the other one isn't, I, I know one thing that if I met the right person and, I, and, and unfortunately I knew that they were ill, would I have run or walked the other direction? Absolutely not. I would have absolutely be a part of that person's life as long as I can because I want them in my life as long as I can. I, I would cherish and drink every day. So I can't imagine that, find that person and keep your eyes open and definitely don't, don't isolate yourself. Get yourself out there and do whatever you, that whatever you physically believe you can deal with. Because I know that some days you're going to have good oxygen levels and good, chem, good chemistry and you're going to be, be able to go out there and do things. And some days you're going to have bad days. We recognize that. I think... Uh, anybody that's experienced any kind of the, these health issues recognize that. But you're brave and you're and you have the right attitude and that attitude may may get you through things. And you never know how this thing could get bit in the ass. And where you think that you're here for four months and next thing you know is you, you got four more years going on to share with this person. So don't waste a day. And we are here again supporting every aspect of what you're looking for to achieve and send it up to the send it up to the universe and bless you. Well, I, I mean, I think the the only thing I can think to say that you guys haven't gotten is just the fact that you're already as a person, you're already in a spot where you're so selfless that you're considering the fact of, oh, I don't want to do this to someone mm-hmm. because of what's going on. So if you're if you're already that have that character where you're already thinking that far ahead and so conscious of not wanting to hurt someone or put someone through that, I think that points towards you'll absolutely be able to find someone just yeah. because you're already showing your character, even mm-hmm. though our write-in is relatively short through those, through that paragraph, you can already read into it so much. I agree. Yeah. I mean, amazing strength character empathy for other people when you should be concerned about yourself i mean yeah amazing and you figure it out that i mean obviously the, the the most important things about us to 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 experience in life is the exact things that are important for you to continue to experience until you pass in transition so i really i, I i'm optimistic for you stay optimistic because i hear optimism in you as you go forward with the, you know, your days. And I know sex is a big part of, you know, what you want and everything, but you might even be able to find like a platonic life partner through like reaching out and meeting new people and going to groups and like activities and stuff, you know, whatever you can handle. You might even find someone that's just willing to like just be life partners with. And like, I know sex is a part and maybe you can find that elsewhere through, you know, dating apps or whatever, but you know, I think you can check a lot of your boxes and maybe even non-traditional ways too. Yeah, but it, but for for the, I've always thought that the best intimacy and best sex is when you start as your friend, and then it grows into that. If it, you know, there there's certainly lovemaking and there's sex, and I, it, you know, sex is pretty, you know, available out there if you're looking just for sex. But yeah, obviously, looking for that intimacy, and I I I was feeling your depth. And that's why I didn't go down that path to go find a surrogate or some other way of getting sex, but really to enjoy that intimacy. Cause I really think that's what, that's what I was. No, she vibe. definitely wants that's the, the total vibe. package. That's the vibe I was feeling. And boy, when somebody comes with that kind of power, uh, it's going to hit somebody and it's going to be pretty good. Pretty good. So yeah. Okay. Uh, optimism. 
Well, keep us updated. We would love to, you know, make sure you're okay and all of that. So be sure to keep us posted. Absolutely. Okay. Moving along. Yeah. I need to do my makeup for events that I have to go to after episodes like this. Wow. My boyfriend, 21 male, and I, 20 female, have been together for almost three years. Last night, we were looking at furniture on his phone for our new apartment. We are moving in together in two months. I have a habit of swiping out of all apps and tabs when I'm done with them, and in doing so, I saw something I really wish I hadn't. It was a porn tab, a tab that said, quote, 40-year-old MILF mom, big tits, short black hair porn. He described my mom, 41 female. When I turned the phone to show him, he just sat there looking shocked for a minute. Then he started stuttering, crying, and apologizing. All I said was, quote, are you attracted to my mom? Do you watch porn that looks like my mom? He kept apologizing over and over, and I just asked him to explain. It took him a while to get the words out. He admitted he is attracted to older women, moms specifically. He said he was just curious and horny, and it came to his mind to search my mom's description to, quote, see if there were any porn stars that looked like her. He claims it was a one-time thing and showed me the rest of his porn history, which was mostly just stepsister, lesbian, and sometimes MILF, but no other searches that matched my mom's description or age. He was so embarrassed by it. I don't really care that he watches porn, and I honestly don't care if it's MILF or stepmom porn either. I'm not trying to judge him or shame him, but I just feel so grossed out and humiliated that my boyfriend thought about my mom while he masturbated. He also said he promises he doesn't have a weird obsession with my mom and doesn't think about her like that when we are with her. He also said it's normal for guys with mommy issues to be into MILFs. He has extensive mommy issues. And not that that's an excuse, but I can see how his mom-related trauma could shape the kinds of porn he watches. I'm also worried about how this is going to affect, going to affect our sex life. I can't help but feel disgusted that my partner is attracted to my mom. We talked about this for a long time last night and he apologized, said he was going to talk to a therapist and overall seemed really remorseful and conscious of my feelings. He promised it would never happen again, but I'm just afraid that he will still feel some type of way about her. When I told him that I'm scared that this is something deeper, he denied it. Then he said he thinks that it's normal for guys to be attracted to their girlfriend's moms especially since my mom is still pretty young. Him trying to normalize it made it feel even more disgusting to me. Is that true? Can he watch porn that looks like my mom without it being something deeper? This whole thing is making me second guess if we should move in together, but I don't want this relationship to be over. He is a good person and a great boyfriend, and I just can't believe this is happening. I love him so much, and aside from this, we don't have any other major issues. Well, I had, a, I had a, my first instinct was a total different read than that when I was here. He was looking, you know, at porn that looked like his, you know, possible mother-in-law. I really first anticipated, and he, and he clarified that this is not it, that he just wondered that something that triggered and something she may have done or said that, that maybe this chick's into porn. Maybe she's a, maybe she's a, a, you know, a porn actress. And he went searching to see if she is a porn actress. That, <laughs> that I found to be where my mind went on this. Yeah. Now, I have a friend that actually a girl he dated, her parents are porn stars. So, and so it was interesting. Okay. Well, that one, you know, I, I thought, well, maybe that's what he's searching for. <laughs> but not the case. <laughs> not the case. <laughs> Disappointedly, not the case. Um, I have gone out with a few women in my life. I don't ever remember um, thinking that I'm going to look for, you know, do, do you know, Miss, you do Mrs. Dale's mom, you know, Dale's mom rather than Dale. Uh, it was a commercial. Okay. Um, never, never thought about that, but I never had mommy issues. So I never had mom issues. So maybe that's part of that one. You really, it, the fact that he was able to come clean with you and talk to you about it is a good opening. You know, I don't know what makes people have their, you know, their triggers that gets them off or gets them aroused or what makes them, 
you know, go down, down, down an avenue, you know, sexually from one to the other. And, and I, and I will say that, you know, in the years that I've, you know, been active, I would certainly say my tastes have, you know, changed, you know, you don't, you're not attracted to the same kind of thing. You, you meet somebody, you know, that something hits you about that person. You like that about them. You may look for that in the next person. Then you finally realize that's not what you want. And then you're going for somebody totally different and you, and you flip around. So this is something I'm, I guess you're just going to have to stay with, let them go to therapy. If you go with them, maybe you can get something answered for yourself in this. Um, you're obviously, whatever is going on, you're able to identify there's something going on early on in the relationship that makes you flagged. And my advice or my fatherly advice, if Morgan came to me regarding, you're not into your mom, are you? <laughs> my mom. <laughs> your, her mom. Anything like that. Um, are you? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> He's all nervous now. Um, you know, just you're going to have to be cognizant of this and say, look, if something's just not working in the bedroom, long, you know, and you've been together for I think for two years now, almost three. So you know, you guys know each other pretty well. You know what works for you, what doesn't work for you by this point in time, and you're going to have to just simply identify if this is a healthy relationships and you like the way it's rolling, it probably will keep, you know, growing and continuing down the path and hopefully growing if, if he is emotionally growing. And that's the biggest thing. Anyone that has been affected by their, by a mom or a circumstance in their life, you want to make sure that not only do they chronologically, chronologically get older, but they emotionally grow. And that's what you're going to have to see because you got a big, big trail ahead of you uh, on this happy trail. I mean, you got, you know, kids and you're going to have them growing, growing up and setting examples and, you know, going through their lives with marriage. And you're going to be going through different uh, financial issues as you go through your thirties and your forties and your fifties, there's a big trail ahead. So, you know, take, take note of all these triggers that are going on now, because if you find that they can't be addressed, this is when you decide, you know, Maybe we part our ways because there's something that's going to get bad later. And it's already, now it's starting to get a little, you know, off course. And I see this, it's almost kind of like when you get off the freeway and you do a, an exit that goes over under the freeway and then goes off way off to the west rather than as you're going north. So if something like that's going to happen to you, you best jump uh both of you should, should make your departures now before it gets really bad. And if you can get through this and you see that it was really nothing to, uh, uh, to cause a disruption in your relationship, you continue to grow. And this is where you get to make decisions and choices in life as we get older. And no one can give you that answer but you and, and your instincts. I think something that is really surprising about this one is how open he was about it mm -hmm. when confronted and honestly, there were so many moments where you could deny, deny, deny and push it off and explain it other ways. No, but he came clean. He flat out said it. And I think that that is honestly probably pretty rare. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that in your writing, you're so open to, you know, maybe it is just this one time thing or maybe whatever. You're both, you're both so open and I can see a strong relationship here because there is really good communication happening. How old is he? Again, twenty one, especially for twenty one. Wow, yeah, to, to have They're that, young stuff. that, but to but to come clean about something like that, yeah. I but, think that's probably not the norm. That's definitely so. That has to speak yeah. to there's something good happening yeah. here, to where I kind of from my spot, I'm like, you know, obviously, I think you could just roll forward, mm -hmm. and if he says that was just that. That's what it is. I believe him because he was so open about it in the first place. And I, and, and I, I'm tending to, now that I recognize the fact that he's 21, there's a lot of experimental things sexually that's going on within his hormones. I mean, it's crazy what goes on in a man and their hormones at the age of 21 to, you know, probably to 30. And some take another, another bump or another change at 30 to, to 40. But the fact that he was able, like no different than what you said, he was able to identify it, talk to you about it. That's the, the most mature thing that he is doing. Is he, you guys are having a communication as a couple 
And that's important because he may come up with some stuff saying, you know, I want to try this. And it's better that he's got the freedom to talk to you about it than to hide it from you. And all of a sudden it's behind your back. And that's where the real separation comes within the intimacy of your relationship that he feels he can't talk to you. Right. So you don't make him where he's afraid to talk to you in your response. He's you got he's got to feel the freedom that you guys can communicate and you can navigate through this. Um, I know that in my life I made changes in my relationship where maybe I shouldn't have made those changes in the relationship because I didn't know how to be mature to have a discussion with that with with my significant at that time and a woman I was dating. So. I was, you know, at that 21 to 24 age and I just, you know, things were changing, changing so rapidly for me that I just said, I got to go out and experiment and I'm not going to take her along with me. And the answer probably was, is maybe we should have had a better conversation because as I went through life without her, sometimes I would, you know, look back and say, you know, I probably could have had a really great life with her and a full life with her. But, um, you know, we would have had some bumps in the road. And I think you just have to identify these bumps and say, are we willing to take these bumps as we get them? Because we will grow from it and we'll get through them. Yeah, I will just say, like, I think you guys, the communication, you know, like you guys said, the communication is really um, impressive for their age. I think, you know, it is difficult to come clean like this. I, I don't know if he would have come clean about it, obviously, if she wouldn't have discovered it herself. Right. But I think the only thing that kind of like makes me just like wanting to say like do maybe be a little apprehensive about things and try to maybe push your move-in date out a little bit until he can follow through on that therapy that he said he wants to go through. Because I think the only thing that kind of stands out here is not so much the fact that he was searching that porn because I mean I remember being in like eighth grade and having my brother's friends come up to me. And being like, Morgan, your mom is so hot. Your mom's a MILF. And I remember his friends when I was young, like saying that. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily true for every guy, but you guys are young. Your mom is young. So like, yeah, that does play into it because that's what my brother had to experience too. But I don't like the way he kind of flipped it to try to like almost just kind of manipulate it and maybe like it's it's fine because it's normal, like, like blah, blah, blah. So That's the only thing I would worry about is like him just not sticking with his owning up to it and then trying to kind of flip it a little on her. So I would just be a little apprehensive about that. But I think, you know, the ideal outcome is I want to work through this if we can. But first, I guess I need to know if this is a huge red flag deal breaker or if it's just a super weird porn fetish. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's even a red flag, more so a yellow flag. Like, If it's something that bothers you, then it could be a deal breaker for you. But if he's willing to work on it and continue to be open and it's not like he's continuously thinking about your mom when you're having sex, then like, okay, you can get past it. So I would just say like continue the open conversation and therapy to address his mom issues that, you know, you guys mentioned and go from there and maybe just push back the move-in date a couple months if you can. Yeah. I think so. I don't. I don't see it as a red flag at this moment. No, just like a caution sign. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay, moving along. Are you going to stick to the saddle? I am. I am. You're not looking so comfy anymore. Well, you know, I feel like <laughs> I've been on the prairie for a while. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Morgan needs to find a hat for you now. Yeah. I do have one. I have a cow print hat. It's going to go over my headsets. Yeah, it's in my room. I'll go get it. Oh. <laughs> Justin's getting your cowboy hat, and so I'm going to keep reading. Okay. I'll keep this long story not so short. I'm a single mom. My daughter is from a previous long-term relationship, and I miraculously got pregnant when it was basically on its last leg. I was on birth control, and even my OBGYN, and even my OBGYN did not detect it, and I had two negative tests when I did them for x-rays for a car accident. Anyways, I moved to Korea when she was two years old. We were separated due to COVID, and I intended on moving and staying here. I ended up meeting the most amazing person. We became fast friends and soon after started dating. He's known the whole time I'm a mom and has always been cognizant of that. 
We've had our ups and downs, but we've kept this going and are now engaged, living together, and co-parenting. Our relationship is still young since we've been together for two years, but everything just clicks. It's literally like we grew up on opposite sides of the world, but our families are similar, values are similar, and we fit well together. Some things are the same, or it's a great difference that makes up for the other's weaknesses. We both have ADHD too, lol. His family is more traditional, and when he went to explain everything to them, they reacted badly. And now the relationship is totally sour. They hate me. Had an intervention to tell him to leave me. We had expected some difficulty, but it's the anger and actually cursing him that has thrown us. When I say anger for context, I basically, I mean basically you have some curses in Korean that are along the lines of you are destined to bring shame, those kinds of things. He's shielded me from most of it and says it's just best to just live our lives and let them do what they will, but I wanted to ask for some outside opinions that might help. At the moment, they're basically trying to use anger and threats to boot them out of the family to try and bully him into doing what he's told. They're also angry that he didn't ask for permission, and he doesn't think he should have to. Ideal outcome, I don't want my future husband to lose his family over this, but we're not willing to give up the relationship or life we're building. And then anything else? I'm Chinese, American, and family means something to both of us in similar ways. While I understand some would just say cut it off, and I totally get that, but I first wanted to see if there's a way to at least try to get them to be a bit more open. We are both born in 92, ages 29 and 30. Right. He's born in Korea, and he's he is definitely from a culture that is far different from the Americanized culture that she has. Potentially. I mean, if her family were first-generation immigrants, they could have been very traditional still, but I would say you can expect differences between Chinese and Korean. I can definitely agree to that. Yeah. So, you know, that being said... We need a cultural expert on the show. Well, (laughs) I'm Jewish. And I'm going to say howdy on all this, and we're going to toss this away, because this is a nuisance. The... um, It... The the old the old the old thought of the of the Jewish grandmothers of my day is post um, the experience of World War II and certainly of the Nazi internment camps. Yeah, and being that the fact that we were a people that survived by being together, it was almost sacrilegious to think about dating outside your religion. And if you did date outside your religion, um, your parents would even tear their clothes, signifying you're dead to them. Wow. It, it, is, it was that powerful. Um, assimilation has certainly uh, been rampant in my generation and the generations following my generation to the part where it's damaging our numbers, uh, you know, we we certainly lost uh, six million of our of, of our brothers and sisters in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and before that, we lost I don't know how many millions in the Spanish Inquisition. There's always been something to to devastate our people, and Koreans and Chinese are very much uh, have a culture. And when the Chinese first came over to our country and went to San Francisco, there was a there was a movie made called Flower Drum Song that really talked about this change. So it's unfortunate that you are battling a couple couple issues probably with them. One, the fact that you are both Asian is one thing, but you know you're an Asian Korean and he's an Asian Chinese, and I don't know how that's going to play. It number two, you are a a married woman or a, a mother, a divorcee or a fallen woman with a child from somebody else. And they're, you know, they're protective of their son, you know, their, their, their you know, their, you know, their prize jewel of, 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 of the kingdom heir to the throne. And they want a pedigree. I mean, it's, it, you know, look, what, what we might say is out there. They hold that to their heart of who they are. Yeah. 
So one thing that I do know that has always happened in our family, and my we have inter, we have interracial marriage in our uh, in our family, and there was a lot of poo pooing, a lot of anger and frustration that my siblings had to go through for their spouses. But I will say one thing: when kids show up on the scene, that's your, that that's their blood. That everyone f- finally does turn around. And because no one can turn their back on their on, on a child, at least on what I've witnessed in my life. And I know that I'm going to certainly have uh, right people that, that listen to the show. They have written to me saying, you know, Jerry, you live in this fairy tale land. There are people that are assholes and that they are, they would come and they would kill somebody because of something like this. I've read all those. But in my experience, in the families that I've been involved with and that love their kids, eventually something does happen that brings them around. But it's, it, it tip, typically does take another child. And it's, an, it, and it's unfair to say for you to go get pregnant with him and have another child because that's the wrong reason to have a child, to use them to go make amends with his parents. Because the reality is they don't want to get on the ship, let them sit on shore, and you guys go have your life. That, that, that's really the, the main answer here. And if they can't grow and, and experience it, oh, well, them, it's their loss. I know it's, your, I know it's your, each one of yours losses too because you would like to have this you know, camaraderie with everybody. But it, it, you know, the, the, the saying is it takes two. It takes both sides to want to make this work. You're obviously someone that loves their son and you recognize your love for your for their son, and that's the most important thing. And he recognizes it. That's what you guys need is love. If he's in love with you and he's locked into you, that's all it takes for you guys to have a wonderful life. Because everybody else will come and go, and life will eventually does take people in our lives that are special to us. But if as long as you have each other and that love, and the fact that. He's accepted your child that it's his and you're co-parenting and he's, I think you guys have a great shot and I wouldn't let anyone devastate that shot. I wouldn't change my, I wouldn't change my path and I would never tell you to change your path. Yeah. You. You can go. (laughs) No, you go. Like you said, I think you have to stay on your path and keep doing your thing because Mm -hmm. what you're saying is the relationship is everything. And you don't want him to lose his family, but he's already showing you in ways that he's committed to you above anything else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it'd be a really tough, like kind of shitty position to be in because you feel like you're the cause of all of that. Yeah. But when he's actively choosing to choose you and choose this path, then I think you just gotta, you gotta keep going. And I think there's gonna be moments where it gets harder and this stuff really starts to come into play with everything. But as long as you two are solid and on the same page, then you just got to kind of deal with the bullshit and then uh, be happy with what you do have, which is the relationship. Yeah, I agree. They're the ones damaging the relationship, not you or him. It's kind of on them. And so I think you just try to go on living you know, the best life you can and not, I wouldn't say you cut them off because that's something she's, you know, said she didn't want to do, but draw some boundaries to prevent yourself from being hurt or, you know, realizing that they have power over you guys because that's the last thing. You you don't want them to learn that they can cut you off and threaten you and abuse you and you're willing to bend to their will because right. that doesn't work ever. So I would just say draw some some solid, healthy boundaries. And I think time will the only the only thing you can do here is live your life and mm-hmm. allow time to potentially make things better. Well, yeah. and leave the door open to it. Yeah. yeah, and then and then have them come over for dinner and show them crazy rich Asian, uh, crazy uh, rich a- Asians. Is that the movie? Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. There you go. But yeah, I'd love. I think um, on the YouTube or even on the Instagram post we do for this one, I'd love to see people that are in relationships, like where cultural factors play mm-hmm. a big role. Um, if you guys could share things that you've gone through or what advice you would give, I think that would be really helpful. Okay, up next. Okay. We have one more and then a Patreon. 
I, 25 female, and my really good friend, 25 female, have been friends now for 10 years. I got engaged in September and naturally asked her to be one of my bridesmaids this summer at the wedding. When planning my bachelorette party, my sister sent out five months in advance a text on the date and time and to keep that date available. She texted me and said she couldn't make it because she would be out of town, but we would get together another time to celebrate before the wedding. This didn't bother me until I said I would love for her to be there so we could find a time that worked for her, but she didn't respond. Then, two months ago, I sent out information about my bridal shower and told everyone to keep the date open for it. She said no problem and left it at that. But last night, she texted me when the shower is next weekend and said that she was sorry, but she couldn't make it to the shower either because she would be moving that weekend. Needless to say, I'm a little upset that she won't be there for either occasion, and I texted her to say if there's any way she could get away for a little bit, that would be great. A lot of people in my life have told me I'm overreacting, which happens a lot to me, so I want your opinion. Am I justified or am I overreacting? What should I do? I'm processing this one because I've been guilty of, of this as well. And it, it, it was 25 years later, or maybe even long, maybe it's 30 years later, uh, 30 years later that I just went to my best, one of my best friend's son's wedding. Mm-hmm. And he called me, you know, five months ago before. And he says, I'm letting you know that there's a date in May, May <laughs> 1, and I don't give a shit what you're doing, but you better be there. Yeah. And I know that 30 years ago, a legitimate excuse happened that I couldn't make his wedding. I missed his wedding. Wow. And he was, he never got over it. And he used to rib me about it consistently. So, and and then the person I told you that we mentioned earlier that died of cancer in the very beginning died that weekend that I was going to have to go to a funeral. Oh my gosh. And I realized uh, it doesn't matter that, you know, he, as much as I, as, as I wanted to go, uh, do one of the highest honors in the world is to, is to, you know, put earth over somebody um, with love that I said, well, he's in heaven. He'll have to watch from above. I can't go. I better do something different. Yeah. And I didn't make it. And I went to that wedding. And, you know, sometimes, the you know, you, your friends have to recognize, especially long, long, I mean, this is a 10-year friend. You know, you're, you're 25. Yeah. You became friends when you're 15. The fellow that I'm mentioning with this wedding, we became friends at 14, and now we're 65, and we're still very, you know, best friends. We're we're there. We're lifelong friends. We're there to help each other. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you guys can get through this and, you know, deal with it appropriately. I'm sure that if nothing else is going on that's causing her excuses to to blow you off, that they're legitimate, that she feels as bad that she can't make it. Um, so let's give that, but let's give that her the benefit of the doubt on that one that she's feeling as shitty as you're feeling. Cause obviously this friendship is important to you that you want her there. Uh, maybe the phone call to her that you want to make is I know that I love you and I feel strong enough that I want you at my wedding. And I'm sure I'm hoping that you, and I'm going to recognize that you are strong that you want to be there, but I, I realize you can't, I love you and you're there with me in spirit and we'll, We'll do something special uh, afterwards. And that's about all you can say. I, I wouldn't cast any judgment right now. Things might be going on in her life that you may not be familiar with. The fact that she can tell you five months ago that, there, that she was going to be unavailable, that's that's way out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's enough notice to tell somebody, you know, if, if you're going to be, if you're living in New York, maybe you want to buy a ticket you know, four weeks in advance works. So I'm getting a different read on it. I'm getting a very, because like there's such a huge lack of communication Mm -hmm. where if she really cared, she would have tried to find the, I mean, how hard is it to find the right weekend or the right few days to go? And she was willing to switch the whole trip to accommodate her. And then she didn't respond. Mm -hmm. That's, and Shitty. then later on, like saying, yep, no problem, I'll be there. And then changing it last minute. That one's a little different. 
a little different, but because it happened after the first one, I think it's indicative of she's blowing her off. There's yeah. something where it's like I think it's I think there needs to be I think yes, you play it in a way pre-wedding where you say yes, I understand and and you take the high road so you can go have an amazing day and you don't need to deal with this stuff right now. But there's going to be something where you need to evaluate the friendship. I mm-hmm. think you need to sit down and talk about the friendship because it's just not cool. Like it's no. so blatantly just, it's not like, oh my God, I have to go to a funeral or something. This is like, I'm not going to respond, even yeah. though you're trying to accommodate me for your day and stuff. Yeah. This one is like really weird to me, especially because she didn't even text back when she was like, oh no, I can change it. Yeah. And we're all going through so much right now. So maybe she's struggling financially and couldn't afford a trip and just didn't want to admit that. But like, but still just be, be transparent about that. Mm -hmm. Like, but I get it. We're prideful and money is really difficult to talk about, but I will just say, I don't think you're overreacting. It honestly, it doesn't sound like you really reacted at all. You just sound like you're, you're hurt and Mm -hmm. upset, which is so valid and justified. Like I would be hurt and upset too. Um, I had a friend that I was supposed to go to her bachelorette party in Florida and I did make it to her bridal shower. I flew from here to Minnesota to go to her like bridal shower, barbecue, housewarming party. So we went to that, but um, I was exposed to COVID and this was still when COVID was like super at the height. And I was like, I'm not traveling and exposing anyone else. I don't know if I'm negative. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. And she was, she was upset that I couldn't go and was hurt. And and like even asked me like, cause I was just getting done with grad school at the time and like, was like, well, is money an issue? Which, you know, it was at that time. I didn't have any money, but I still was going to be able to go. But then COVID came up and whatever. So life does happen, but I think her ignoring you on the first one, weird. And I would kind of be at the point where I'm like scared. If this were me, I'd be scared that this friend might not even show up to the wedding to be a bridesmaid. Well, she did. She did reject to be there for the wedding. No, she rejected to be at the bachelorette party and the um, bridal shower. So I would reach out and just say like, Hey, I, you know, life is crazy. We're all busy. I'm just checking in. I'm just kind of worried. You haven't been able to make any of the events and, I just want to ensure that you're going to actually be able to make my wedding and like be a bridesmaid and support me on my day. You know, I love you. I love our friendship. We've been friends for 10 years. It means the world to me. Um, But just getting, getting a little anxiety about this and just be honest with her and see, you know, where it's coming from because good friendships are really hard. And so, you know, maybe she's going through something that she just doesn't want to burden you with, but she hasn't been being a good friend, you know, despite maybe having something. So open the communication. Conversation. Yeah, for sure. Conversation. Okay. I have a little, um, like love note, essentially. I don't know what else to call it. A sign off. Yeah. It's like a happy sign off. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I love this podcast. I was surprised to know that you are not Morgan's biological dad, but also delighted in that my relationship with my dad mimics Morgan's. My mom had me with my bio dad, then married my other dad when I was three. I can't remember life without him, and he had always been my dad. I have also been raised with my bio dad and went back and forth as a child. My bio dad has certain abusive tendencies and passed away years ago. So my other dad has always been my main dad. I love to hear you guys share and demystify the parent-child relationship most people refer to as step. My dad has never been my stepdad. And I always hated that term. Thanks for bringing light to this family dynamic. Jerry, you are obviously a wonderful dad. And the way you love her and express it is a privilege to a father. And it is a privilege to a father. A child not biologically yours is beautiful. I would love to hear about your story, about how you became Morgan's dad. Thank you, guys. That's a story we would love to tell. Are we doing it now? We don't have that. It's a, it's a long story. It is quite long. Give the elevator pitch. The elevator pitch. <laughs> elevator pitch. 60 seconds or less. 60 seconds or less. Um, <laughs> as Morgan and um, uh, and I and, and her mother and I were all together and not knowing where we were going to go, Morgan started calling me dad or daddy. And um, 
her mother looked at me and said, I don't know where we're going to go, but what are you, what are you going to do about this? And I said, I'm going to be her daddy. And it's, just, it, I am her daddy. And it's that simple. And I understand she has a biological father, but Morgan will always have me. And if we work out, we'll be a happy family. And if we don't work out together, we'll still be a happy family, a dysfunctional one, but whatever it may be. <laughs> a goofy but, one. but I'm always going to be Morgan's dad. It's a commitment that I'm making with her. And as long as she wants me, I'm here. And it doesn't have to be with a piece of paper. And if Morgan ever chooses it, you wanted to have my last name. And once you turn 18, you have that ability. And here's a piece of paper. It's signed. And all you have to do is sign it and get it get it documented, and that's what it is. So, I from the day she was uh, probably conceived, day she was born, all the way through her life, I've been her dad, and I'm honored and happy. And she has an older brother, and a younger brother, and they are also my kids as well. And none of them are biological. It doesn't matter where the seed comes from. That's the easy part. It really matters about the. The, the experiences you is, that you are offered and the fruits that it brings you as, as you grow and go through life together. And it's not always rosy. We have our issues like any parent does. And that's just what life is, is with your mom and your dad and, and children. Okay. Well, how was that one? That was pretty, pretty good. Still long winded, but we will work on it. It's good. Yeah, we'll work on it. Okay, here, here's a shortened version. No, no, it was good. That was no, good. It, it was, She's my daughter, and, and that's the fuck the way it is. <laughs> that works, too. Okay, so we're heading over to Patreon. Okay, so this is it for 28. This yes. is it. Uh, thanks for signing in for number 28. Yes, I've been on the saddle the whole show. And to let you know that people have ridden cross country this way, this is not for me. Are your legs numb? My ass is numb. <laughs> oh my God. This is not the right saddle. Her mom would just say, well, you're in the wrong saddle. Yeah, this saddle's fucked. <laughs> yeah, it is a little small for you, actually. So uh, on that note, thanks for joining us, allowing us into your car, your home, your lives. And we'll see you uh, at Patreon and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.